You're listening to the Spirit Hunters on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Find out about our pod brethren and how to join our new Discord group and support the show at greenlitpodcast.com and patreon.com slash spirithunterpod, respectively. as Golden Kilo finally entered Great Island. They learned that this is going to be a game of life or death where the cards are the keys to their survival. This week, we'll watch as they go deeper into the game. Will they find friendly allies or make even more dangerous enemies? Let's find out. You better get ready. Just reading the phrase game of life or death made me think of the Bruce Lee movie Game of Death, and now I just have that theme song stuck in my head. In Bruce's case, it'd be death, just death. I, <laughs> Ironically, I, Game of Death, the movie was actually made like five years after he died. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, didn't his son play Game of Death like a couple years later? Jesus Christ. Anyway. Oof. Uh, <laughs> let right, so. tell us about the episode, Patrick. <laughs> All right, on that bombshell, episode sixty-two: Reality and Raw, or Genjutsu to Genseki. Originally released in Japan on January 13th, 2013. The equivalent manga chapters are 132 through 136, which were released in Japan on October 29th, 2001. 135 to Masadoria Part 1, 136 to Masadoria Part 2. This will become relevant later. The equivalent 1999 episodes are 75 through 77, which were released in Japan on March 19th, 2003. Also, is this airing at the same time as uh, Part 5? Of uh, oh, no. you mean airing at the same time that JoJo Part Five is being written, like right. the manga? So, yeah, yeah. Um, I, think it, I, don't I know, forget was off the no. top of my head when that was, but it could I mean, no, be. no, it was ninety nine. I think it was two thousand one. It like ended around there. But oh, anyways. okay, okay. So then, oh shoot. So uh, friggin' uh, Part Six was going on. Yeah, a little bit afterwards. Yeah. Enter women's prison. Alrighty, so the episode starts with. The actual conclusion of the Jan Kenpo tourney. And ironically, Kiloa wins over Gon. And they obtain their first card, the Sword of Truth. Um, the boys are walking around a town um, in the game, and they're suddenly accosted by some weirdo. He tries to steal their card with a card of his own because they do not have any defense cards. Um, but the guy, he doesn't finish the verbal command since the boys actually just physically steal his card. And they learn that you need to finish the command in order to use said card. Um, they eventually do get their card stolen by another group of players who are actual pros. Um, hunters. It is kind of messed up because it's like a, a bunch of adults surrounding like two kids. I mean, <laughs> let's beat up these kids. Get, take their cards. Let's take their lunch money, man. <laughs> man, I don't. If you, when they got cornered for their cards, it kind of gave me flashbacks to playing in Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments when I was like, I'd like try to play, and then they just beat me up for my cards. But uh, anyways, uh. You guys yeah. have seen those photos of that dude at the Magic the Gathering tournaments who would basically, like, 
uh, squat behind people whose ass cracks were showing. What? Yeah. Th- that was kind of the, the guys that beat me up. <laughs> well, so it was harassment, but it was also just kind of like, hey, uh, us Magic the Gathering players need to be more cognizant of like our grooming and like demeanor. And oh. like, so I'm just imagining Kila doing this and basically just going around Greed Island and finding people whose ass cracks are showing and just like squatting behind them. Oh, and doing just like whatever that, like that. I mean, the hands just, in like a prayer behind. mode. <laughs> yeah, basically yeah. the hands were like in prayer in prayer mode. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I can. Yo, Kilo is a big hype beast. I can easily imagine this. <laughs> this goes behind uh, Hisoka. And I mean, Hisoka's showing his ass if this is happening, so that's different. Oh, it's like that Broly meme then. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Okay, I hope anyone in the audience knows what we're talking about, but it's uh, just look up uh, Broly Culero. Don't look that up. Don't look that up. But um, but yeah, it was kind of funny that uh, I'm surprised that Killua just didn't kill the kid like when he was trying to use the card, because like I mean, Killua was like an assassin. I'm surprised he would be that lenient. Mm, maybe he just didn't but feel like it was worth the effort. I guess. A correction, it's not Broly Culero. That'd be someone that'd be Broly who's into big butts. It's Broly Culo, which is Broly who has a big butt. <laughs> He's don't look it up. I, I, I'm the opposite. Do look it up because it might make your day. So we cut to a group that is gathering in a cave and they're planning to obtain Angel's Breath, which is an SS rank. Um, but you need all 40 spell cards in order to trade for it. So they plan to get the card prison in order to protect uh, the card. And the we go back to the boys, and they're trading other cards that they have obtained, uh, presumably off screen, um, for money. And a young girl approaches them, asking to join them to Masadora. Kila's like, no. And she is pissed. And she wants to then ruin their lives as opposed to just, you know, originally just kind of messing with them a bit. So, you know, <laughs> going like literally from like one to a hundred real fast. <laughs> I, I have a lot of questions about this that we'll address later. But like, given later characterization, I'm just kind of like, what is this character sometimes? What what is what is Genkai? I mean, a uh, biscuit. <laughs> what is Fujoshi? Uh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> the heck? Wait, what? We'll talk about that later. Because, like, I think Megan has hinted at this, but this character is often seen as a, a reflection of the Fujoshi subculture. Oh my god, I totally see that. Especially like, yeah, Should in I look the that up midway or... through. Yeah, look it up. Yeah. Do you want me to explain it to you what it is? Yeah, just go for it. Okay, so a Fujoshi, I won't, I think, I don't know if it's slang or not, but basically. I think it is slang. Okay, basically, um, it translates to equivalent of dirty woman or something like that. Basically, it's straight, most likely straight women who love, boys love, yaoi, shonen Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's just, that's, like, the slang term. And then there's also, like, a male equivalent. I forgot what it's called. So, like, a men who... that's pedo? No, that's not... It It doesn't have to always go straight to, like, 
the underage stuff. It's like anything. It's like uh, Skate the Infinity has a lot of Fujoshi fans. That's like I'm trying to think. And like, I don't know. Sorry to any Fujoshi fans who are out there. I Some people resent the term as well. Um, yeah. Just because like there's like a divided opinion. Some people self-identify as it. And other people think it's like a shameful thing to say. It's kind of like, this is not a good analog, but like, it's how like um, younger LGBT people dislike the term queer, even though their elders really liked it. It's kind of like that. Huh. Oh, I never, yeah. I never really, I never really felt that. At least in my opinion, I thought I'm talking about young, term. young people. Oh, like, like we're talking people who are like just coming into it now. It's very common on TikTok for like, teenagers to just be like say like that queer is incredibly homophobic yeah there's a whole discourse i think it's i don't know i'm not i'm straight so sarah would have a better idea but um with fujoshi in general it's um yeah it's kind of like some are some people are proud of it some people are not i think in japan it's definitely not seen in a negative light i think a lot of people and girls in like non-binary and i don't know people in the west they um a lot of them kind of not i think it's bad to call say reclaimed it but they embrace it kind of like weave and shit so yeah we will end that with there is discourse <laughs> yes there's a lot of opinions that are not aligned with each other <laughs> yes oh, okay i'm I'm saying that so it's just like just like fans that like like pairing like male characters like like Deku and like uh Deku and Bakugo sort of things. Um, it's obviously Deku and Todoroki anyway. <laughs> wow. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> no, I mean because like people love like pairing people with their former bully, or in the case of Kurapika and Krolo, the person who genocided their people. Yikes! I mean, that's a very common ship. That's that. an incredibly common ship. I didn't know about that one. Yeah, you know, it's the Anne Frank Hitler of our times. Wait, isn't that the death dumb and blind person? Oh, fuck you. For a second, I'm like, what are you talking? Oh. Helen Keller Anne Frank. Sorry, that was a clerk's reference. (laughs) That was a clerk's reference, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, continue. All right, so speaking of Crollo, not actually Crollo himself, but you know his like spiderlings. Uh, they decide that more of them are going to join uh, Greed Island. So Shalnark is Kortepi and Shizuku, um, the DL on Greed Island. That they are NPCs. Um, that Kortepi's copies do not work um, as in game cards. And Shizuku Vacuum works in the island, but not on the cards or the items within the game. Uh, the game is, isn't taking place in the virtual world. It takes place somewhere in the real world. Uh, the game co- console is actually a teleportation device. And So, mm-hmm. oh, I'll, I'll say it after this. And the last thing is that the reward for clearing the game is that you can choose three um, for the real real world. Um, So by that logic, all the specified items can be converted theoretically. Uh, They plan to steal as much as they can. 
So I was going to say, this fully explains how even though Miluki was able to make something that approximated the Greed Island cartridge, it didn't do jack shit because, like, even though he had programmed something that, like, matched the um, way the car- like the cartridge worked, that wasn't the point. It was the Nen around it. It's kind of funny, though, because in the manga, it was saying, when he was writing, it's like, oh, the characters are running around and they're running into each other. Yeah, it's, I thought that was interesting, interesting because, like, in-game, he was like, it's basically glitchy. Yeah, and that's the thing, though, is I think what might have hap- been happening is that Tsugashi didn't know the direction he wanted to do it. I, I agree. I think that's exactly the game. case. Yeah, so I'll give him some slack on that. It's not really a Tsugashi for Gachi. Like, Tsugashi had a better idea that wasn't weird. Yeah, I think Togashi had a big idea where he's like, I cannot go back and remake this. Uh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they even they even mentioned in the anime the anime that they were like, uh, they're they're like, yeah. So it, it if they if they went to their souls inside of the game cartridge, it would it would leave the body there. Can so we talk about how like, that presupposes knowing exactly how souls work? <laughs> I mean, that's how souls work in anime. It's anime logic. Yu Gi Oh. You no, know. So uh, you think that, but Naruto actually does the exact opposite, where they believe that the soul is just an occurrence and a projection of the body. Like that was something that I was blown away to find out that like Naruto straight up does not believe in the transference of souls in that manner. Naruto says says atheism. No, so Naruto doesn't say atheism. It just says that the body creates the soul as opposed to the soul creating the body. So it's in direct opposition to Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, so actually good and not garbage. I'm just joking. I like Damn. Jujutsu Kaisen. I like Jujutsu Kaisen. That show's really good. I've gotten a little bit further in it, and I'm enjoying it a lot more than I was. But let's How continue. How far did you get? Oh, I'm sorry. on like episode 9 or 10. Uh, nice. I'm almost done. I got one more episode left. I wish Crunchyroll wouldn't be garbage, though. It like uh-huh. it won't let me watch it on the PS5. It keeps crashing, so I have to watch it on HBO. Oh, you should probably watch it on your Joystation instead. Yeah. Oh, you mean my? You mean like my? Uh, was it the, the? The what was that system with Soltar? Uh, you. Oh, uh, the Ugikmiktach. Yeah, that one. Sorry about that. Anyways, let's continue. Okay. Our our righty. They're just like I'm st- stunned. Just continue. <laughs> so, Phaeton uh, and Finks just murder murdered that one guy, and they split up to murder even more people, uh, steal their cards, and meet up back at Masador. So you know, like spider things. Um, <laughs> uh, hashtag we, just spider things. Hashtag just spider spider things. <laughs> Um, and suddenly the bandits appear, um, to the kids, okay, Gon and Kilua, and they're, and they beg for their help for their sick boys. And they think that it's an in-game event, um, Gon and Kilua, and the bandits ask for all the money that they have and the clothes on their back, um, but the boys don't get anything in return, which really sucks. Like, what the heck? <laughs> do do you think this that? is? Do you think this is like a thing Jing made to just like? Do you think he's like trying to say don't help people, or do you think he's saying like no help people without the concept of a reward? I think it's the latter. I think it's the latter too, because mm-hmm. I maintain that I think Jing is a terrible father, but like a good person for the world and that would fit with this yeah i mean yeah. i mean if i, I don't want to spoil anything but if when he when the characters reveal later on more info it, it makes it clear that it's definitely the latter okay 
I forgot about that detail then. And the boys continue to go on their way, and they encounter all sorts of monsters and creatures. Uh, they struggle at first, but they uh, they manage. And meanwhile, the young girl from earlier has been watching them closely, following them from a short distance. Uh, she is judging their skill and their potential, and she does actually seem fond of them, which, you know, earlier she was saying, like, I'm going to ruin this man's life. Um, and now she's like, eh, they're fine, but they're just so immature. She's very frustrated at how immature they are. Um, she's like almost the classic speed wagon. <laughs> Sorry. And, and the way that uh, I probably should have, and the way that she's like trying to evil and ruin them is like, you know what? Maybe I'll just be their friend instead. Actually, that is very speed. Wow, is Speedwagon a Fujoshi? <laughs> Jesus, who does he ship then? Uh, clearly, he anti ships uh, Jonathan and Dio. Oh no! Oh Jesus! Oh jeez! What was the opposite of shipping? Anti ship, but yeah, it's almost right. like you're so fixated on this one thing you don't like, you end up putting more time and energy than the ships you actually like. It's a, it's like a Tumblr. I, I saw it in Tumblr, and it's probably gone on the other medias. It's like, this ship is trash. Everyone who ships this is trash. I'm going to write, like, manifestos on why this ship is trash. And you're like, uh, bro, d- girl, dude, well, whoever you are, you are bro, girl, dude. every single minute of your life about the ship you supposedly hate. <laughs> I think, I'm, I think I was, you I might like it. Just... Yeah, I remember a story in Harry Potter. Like, there was this 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 lady that like faked an entire profile and sent like death threats and stuff. It was weird. Oh, I didn't look man. that up. I I can't remember if it was Harry Potter or it was another show, but they like sent a bunch of threats and they wrote like like a five hundred page uh, thing about it. It was weird. That, that sounds like it could be Harry Potter. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, it's a big enough fandom that at the corners of it, there's probably some terrible shit. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Okay, continue. All right. So, finally fed up, she goes out and gives um, them advice. And when fighting a knight's armor, she yells out, Gyo! And then Gon and Kilua learn that the armor is actually a puppet. Um, <laughs> apparently, they forgot that Gyo existed <laughs> during this fight until then. Um, so the girl, she holds up her finger and the boys need to figure out what number she is making with her aura or else uh, there's punishment. All caps. Thousand push-ups. Uh, and she reveals her name, which is Biscuit Kruger or Bisky. And she is a veteran pro hunter with at least... 40 years of experience. Oh, yeah, dang. She, yeah, she's looking great for 40. She looks like she's 10. <laughs> oh, she's 57. <laughs> dang. 57, canically? Yeah, she's yeah. canonically 57. She says that she has 40 years of experience, but she mentions that she learned Nan at 17. Dang, good for her. It's like... <laughs> It's like Tsunade's thing on steroids. <laughs> um, they're pretty similar. Um, 
Actually, yeah, now I'm kind of wondering how much basis there was, although I think the idea of, like, physically strong female character, older, like, mentor type is kind of already a thing, but yeah. Well, it's in the the fact that Tsunade aged herself to be, what, down, she's, like, what, canically, like, 50, in her late 50s, or 50? Yeah, yeah, and then... late 20s but like Visky here is in her late 50s and she looks like she's (laughs) 10 years old okay question (laughs) i've always heard this implied i have no idea if there's any support for it did tsunade enhance herself using her medical ninjutsu uh because when she was young she was very clearly flat even into like older teen years i don't know maybe Wait, interesting. Jujutsu Kaisen? No, 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 no. Um, Jutsu in this case just being technique, so ninja technique. Listeners, let us know. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, if 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 someone was in the itty bitty titty committee and they wanted, they had the ability to, you know, join the big titty committee (laughs) with Jutsu, I I think I would take advantage of it, especially if it was like the way to practice like expanding my chakra. Like, why not? I'm I'm pretty sure the uh, itty bitty titty committee is part of the uh, Konoha uh, bureaucracy, and they're a big part of the reason for the establishment of Root. Anyways, <laughs> why did I get why did I get uh, images of space storm in my head when we were talking about that? <sighs> no worries. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the episode just uh, it wraps up with. Uh, this key knocking out Kiloa when he calls her a hag. Oh man! Ooh, he, did the, he did the classic Yusuke. <laughs> the classic Yusuke. <laughs> Basically, should have called him a dimwit. <laughs> oh, that would be, that'd be, that'd be cute. <laughs> and yeah, that's it. That's the episode. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed the episode. I do. I do like all the all the. Uh, the allusions to uh to um a uh, genkai almost like it's it's like biscuit was able to keep that young the the youngness when she used used her power at the max ability i guess that, if that makes sense so i mean without describing what you see even when she's in her true form she still looks younger than 57 oh yeah totally but sarah doesn't know about true form stuff yet so yeah. For now, that ten-year-old, uh, the Lita fashion style—that is true, Bisky right now. Oh, so, okay. Hashtag true Bisky. When you guys said true form, I just kept on thinking like that Cindy Lauper song, "Your True Colors." Why? It'd be great when this true form comes out that that song just plays in the background as like an instrumental. <laughs> well, I know what AMV you're making later this year. <laughs> Down. All right, so uh. So let's go over the uh, manga notes if that's cool. Or the manga differences, I guess. So uh, one of the biggest differences I thought was that there's actually a character that I don't know. Was this character in in the show? I don't remember. I watched it like three times. But it's like this scarecrow. You're talking about this dude with the arrows, right? Uh, yeah, the arrow guy with the, the sword looks like a scarecrow. Hannah and Sarah, do you remember him? Because my, my memory is polluted from 99, which has him. Hmm. 
don't think okay, so. Okay, the fact that you have to think about it means he probably yeah. wasn't there. Yeah, because yeah, I, I watched like, it like three he, times. He looks so distinct. I feel like he would stand out. I mean, yeah, you know, Avatar Aang is looking pretty bad in his old age, but... <laughs> hey, man, he's he's about to get Korra going on, so... Or he's going to die and, and have Korra become the Avatar. We understood. Thing. Gotcha. Fair enough. Just thought I'd make that make that clear. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, so anyways, yeah. And it's like this unknown character, and I, I don't know anything about it. He looks like a scarecrow-looking guy. He's probably not going to matter, to be honest. Um, but uh, one of the other differences is that it looks like that they had a mechanic with like ca- packs of cards that they'd buy in the manga, but they seem re- to remove that. So like the one guy was describing that uh, one pack of three cards cost uh, ten thousand jennies or ten thousand jenny. So I'm I'm guessing they had like this. It was supposed to be like a gotcha sort of thing, but they sort of yeah, removed it, it in the 2011. But I think it would have been most appropriate because that's kind of like pretty much the, any MMO nowadays is like the gotcha card uh loot boxes so they, they i wonder a mistake taking that out i wonder if they took it out partially because of like the i guess like japan has interesting attitudes regarding gacha because while it like started there i know there's a lot of people who are trying to push back on it and like try to have like legal reforms around it and so i wonder if it's just con like contentious and so they're like we don't want to fucking engage with this in the show possibly Possibly. Maybe this made it less complex because it seems like there's a lot of complexions with Greed Island that they just removed in 2011. Yeah, I think – so I think listeners might know I'm the person who loves usually most of the diagrams that are in the manga and just like, please tell me more about like this irrelevant detail. I need to know. Greed Island's the only time where I'm like, no, 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 Togashi, you've actually gone too far. And, like, so much of it is, like, them simplifying because, like, I think Patrick can attest to this, but there's entire parts of the manga where they just have pages of descriptions of the cards that you never get in the anime. Oh, yeah, no, they had they had, they had literally pages d- dedicated to all the main use cards. Yeah. I was going to put them in there, but I didn't want to make this a five-hour cast. Oh, yeah, it's literally three straight pages of just lines and lines and lines of text explaining each card for you to better understand them and then try to understand their interactions. Yeah, I mean, they make it a lot more clear in the anime, at least, what they do, so it's like, uh, I don't think we need it. They also it's skip like over some of the cards where you're just like, thank God, because this never comes up again. Yeah, so I, I kind of like that the fact that they made learning the cards more of a in-the-moment, which kind of reflects more of just playing card games in general, if you think about it. Yeah. Because lots of the times, you don't want to sit there reading books, you want to actually play the game and mess up, and then your teammate attacks you with a 12-12 unblockable creature and kills you in one hit. Nice. But anyways, I'm not going to talk about my PTSD with uh, Magic the Gathering. Um, so the next different part about uh, the the manga is that there's a bandit who tries to steal the cards in the anime. The, oh, sorry. The bandit that tries to steal the cards in the anime is sort of merged into like three different characters in the manga. Uh, and the weirdest Wait, thing from, is that – From ba- the manga. Yeah, from the manga. Sorry. Uh yeah, so the bandit in the manga uh, was saying that he, he's doing this to play Great Island for his wife. Which I was a bit confused about if it was implying that he had a wife outside of the game he's supporting, or he did it with an NPC in the game, which... Oh, wait, uh, no, no. The dude mentions he got married in the game, so it's unclear yeah. whether it's an NPC or a human player, but he they are not outside of the game. They are in the game. That's what I meant, yeah. That's what I was... Okay, so they are in the game. Okay. Yeah. yeah but I'm so unclear. I hope weird. they're humans. 
Yeah, I mean, that's some sort of uh, futuristic dystopian fear thing. Yeah, Westworld vibes, let's go. Oof, season four better not suck. But uh, anyways, yeah, and it was weird because in the manga, the way that they laid this out is like one character tries to steal the card from Killua from a specific card slot, but uh, it failed because Killua put in his free slot. Then another person tried to steal from Killua's free slot, but the but he it failed again because Killua gave the card to Gone. And another tries to steal the card from Gone, but gets the, gets a rock because he had a bunch of different cards and rocks in there. Because Gone was just tr- picking up random objects. Yeah, pretty much. And then another tries to steal, specifically steal from Gone, but Gone just steals the steal card away from him and gives it back. And pretty much in the anime, it was condensed down to just that one part of him trying to steal the that one guy with the wife trying to steal the card but failing because uh, Gon stole the card from him. So it was really condensed, but I kind of think that was more for the anime's sake of just sp- speeding it up a bit. But yeah, uh, the weird the weird differences in this in the section for it. And then uh, Genkai, I mean, sorry, Genkai, uh, uh, a biscuit. Could be yeah, biscuit yeah, definitely not Genkai. Could be could better determine both Gun and Killua's need for work based off the fact that the toad they killed, uh, she picked up the card for it and it was just an E rank when it was turned into a card, sort of showing that they're a little bit more weaker than than was implied, fighting that toad, and showing that they had a bigger danger ahead of them. It's but weird thought, because yeah. the toad actually kind of reflects the way. Do you remember the the great stamp of the giant pig during the hunter exam? Yeah, it's the exact same thing because like the pig is not as big and not as strong, but like it was a weak point based monster and they figured it out there, but not here. Yeah, to be fair, though, it it could be situational and just being overwhelmed at everything. Yeah, I, I think I they also like- figured it out accidentally in the Great Stamp case, but but still. Yeah, that was that was a good that actually was a good part in that. I actually like that. And the, the the stamp, the stamp, the pig stuff. You know, looking back on it, I like it more than I liked it at the time, but I still really don't like most of the Hunter exam. Eh. Yeah, it had its moments, but... Uh, different strokes. For different folks. Yeah. All right, so did you want to go on and talk about the 99 differences? Yeah. Um, a lot of it is similar to the manga here. So like in the manga, Gon explains how to win at uh, John Ken by late throwing his sign and Kilo beats him by like using his other hand just to fuck with Gon. Um, in this version, like in the manga, Kilo does the extensive mechanic based tricks against the first robber, but here they are shown to be pre-explained to Gon. Like basically there's a part where Kilo is like, Hey Gon, and then goes whisper, whisper, whisper. And then like, so Gon knows about it going into it. And uh, afterwards, Gon like says out loud, "Yeah, Kilo came up with this because he's a game maniac, um, a gamiac, a gamiac." Uh, so Kilo has a throwaway line here that the second group of muggers are quote unquote stronger than the bomber due to not using violence. I don't think this means anything. Um, so on top of Shalnark's previous explanations for why the copied cards don't work, he also says here that there might be a built-in anti-cheat software. This is just not canonical, but I do think it's interesting that, like, the people who made 99 are like, let's talk about anti-cheat shit, because, like, more online games have happened since Togashi wrote this. He used They, um, he, they used that, the, the, the thing, the DRM that's just bricks computers. Yeah, God, they used, I, I forget, De, De Nuvo, is that what it is? Yeah, De Nuvo. Uh, the, canonically, that's what, uh, that's what, um, uh, oh, shit, hold on. Yep, Okay. 
<laughs> During the discussion, Shizuku mentions her inability to suck up Nen objects can be used. So she basically says that she can't suck those things up, but then she says, oh yeah, this is because I can't suck up Nen objects. I don't know if that's canonical, but then they add an interesting layer to that by saying that she uses this to her advantage to reveal traps by like turning her vacuum on battlefields. And then if anything doesn't move, it's a Nen object. And so she stays away from it. I don't think this is canonical, but it's a really cool idea. So um, episode 76 ends with a non-canonical scene of a shirtless Hisoka uh, being called up by a mysterious person who is revealed in the next issue to be Hisoka summoning him. Um, And a little language note, the Japanese for the Cyclops uh, that show up, instead of being called like something like Cyclops, they're called Mei Kyojin, which literally translates to Eye Titan. Like Kyojin is Titan as in Attack on Titan. And so basically just Eye Giants. Which might be how Cyclops is translated, but I don't think that's a literal translation from Greek. So we'll, we'll look up, uh, look up, watch some old, uh, old movies, and we'll figure that out. Oh, and then there's also two phrases that stood out to me when Gon gets uh, a card. He says "kado geto," which just cute. Uh, and then Bisky, uh, relating to the Gyo exercise and push-ups, says like "batsu game dayo," which just basically means like punishment game. Like it's a punishment game, and I'm just like, is punishment game such a common phrase? You just have a phrase for this? Pretty much. I mean, she did train people for forty years, so true, true. I'm gonna look up Cyclops real quick in Greek and what that means. What did you just get a bunch of pictures of the X Men Cyclops? But what if he's like, oh, wow, uh, Cyclops in Greek uh, is originally from kuklops, which just means circle eye. So that's not a literal translation at all. Man, is it me or do, does anybody else want some like fan art with uh, Cyclops in like, Greek attire? Yo, man, if someone just put him on the side of an urn, that'd be pretty sick. Ooh. Oh, another thing that's interesting is, so the subs I'm watching this with are unofficial, so it has, like, some weird romanizations that are never used again, so I have a screenshot where Bisky just shows him, she's like, I'm Bisky Klugar, and I'm like, yep, Klugar, that's that's her name, it's me, Bisky Klugar. Yeah, I'm, that's, that sounds, I'm surprised that they went with that, I guess it was the, they didn't really have much to go off of though, right? I mean, the kana was probably like, Kuruga. Which, if you're unaware that she's supposed to be, like, German-ish, like, you would just read it as Kluga or Kruga. But, like, obviously, if you are aware of the German context, it would be Kruger. Yeah, I'm guessing the person that did the subs did not know that. They did not. <laughs> at all. Rip. I would say what do you guys think of this set, but I think these two episodes work very much together, so we should probably save it till then. Um, but anyways, and now a word from our compatriots and benefactors. Ellen, in 15 seconds, what is Nice Games Club? It's our game dev podcast. Steven, help! Game mechanics, accessibility, art and animation, level design, prototyping. Everything that goes into making video games. How's that, Mark? Nice. Listen to Nice Games Club wherever you get your podcasts or at nicegames.club. Welcome to Casual Magic, the show where we explore the fun side of Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Shivam Putt, and each week we delve into everything from casual formats to explorations of creatures and card types to interviews with designers of the game. At Casual Magic, we believe that it just isn't magic without the Gathering. Come along and play! Alright, so we're going to 
to talk about episode 63, A Hard Master. In Japanese, Shisho wa Hijo. It was originally released in Japan on January 20th, 2013. The equivalent manga chapters are 137 through 140, which were released in Japan on January 7th, 2002. Um, okay, so chapters 137 through 40 um, to Masadora part 3 to Masadora. Are they really going to Masadora? They got to Masadora, but... Um, the and then 141 is that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, the next session will be they went to Masadora already, so I'll go with a different title now. Do you want... Is that what you want me included? Yeah, basically, now? yeah. Okay. So Josh was just having fun with these stupid titles. It's just like, I don't know, Masadora? Let's go. Are they really going? What's up? Oh, they got to Masador, but it's like I'll be there the yet. <laughs> Imagine it's like in the middle of the a middle of the friggin' Camara uh, Anarch. It's like to Masador. Wait, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if at some point, like, because I think I brought this up that like earlier in the series when we were still in York New, he was titling it dates in September for like a year. <laughs> wow. I guess in that case, you could say that somebody should wake him up when September ends. <laughs> well, I mean, Togashi is famous for thank you for waking me up at the end of September. <laughs> um, so the equivalent 1999 episodes are 77 through 79, which were released in Japan on April 16th, 2003. Yep. And uh, so for this episode, uh, it starts with Bisky offering to train them. While they reject the offer, they mention Wing is already their master. But it turns out Bisky is Wing's master. And she even refers to him as like um, fledgling Wing or something like that. And I'm curious what that's a translation of because uh, in the 99 version, she refers to him as weakling Wing. And I'm wondering if the word is just doesn't have a good equivalent in English or something. Um, but Kilo is still stubborn and doesn't immediately jive with this plan. Maybe it's maybe his name in the and that is Wimplo. <sighs> God damn it! We trained him wrong as a joke. Yeah, that's uh, what happened. Bisky explains that the cards have ranks. The cards that were, they were struggling against uh, was only a rank D, so super easy. She notices quickly that they have a strong enemy stalking them. This gains Kilo's immediate respect and uh, attention since he had no clue and he prides himself on his ability to detect things like that. They then devise a plan to split up uh, for Gon and Kila to turn around once they are far enough away, and Bisky, out of nowhere, slaps the living shit out of Kila as part of the distraction. They didn't know about this, so the shock is real. Gon realizes way too late that this is all an act. Kilo is further impressed by Bisky since he didn't even see the slap coming and he was on high alert. Scissorman takes the bait and cuts Bisky's hair and eats it. <laughs> He's a walking <laughs> DNA testing center, Megan says. <laughs> uh, to which he realizes uh, Bisky's body is incredibly honed and she is 57 because of how strong she is he put down his weapons and asked her to spar like basically it awakens quote unquote his pride as a martial artist this so is does that mean, very Japanese does that mean he got does that mean he got all for one or one for all <laughs> I didn't even put that together but he's, it's kind of funny he's now Deku <laughs> yeah I mean he is the most deserving I mean who 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 has a better story than Binolt the Broken 
<laughs> yeah, he he just like walks around, his arms just explode and bro- blow up, and he just screams. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, um, that's still my favorite. That's still my favorite meme from my, my hero. No one Deku, and just like two arms blowing up. <laughs> um. So the boys come back uh, in time to watch Bisky lay that man out in like one fluid motion. Looks like she parried the uh, the punch, broke his arm, threw him over her head, and then palm striked him in the stomach. Lady Bisky tells the boys Benolt is a D rank character. Uh, did she say Lady Bisky? Because in the in the manga, she refers to herself as like Bisky Chama or something like that. Yeah, he's a D rank character with an E rank deck. Damn. Anyways, uh, he's a D-rank character or instant game over. She is in the game to find a specific jewel, Blue Planet. Bisky knows of uh, Bisky knows of Jean. According to her, according to Netero, <laughs> wow, I like how that's a double quotation. He is one of the top five Nen users in the world. Go and ask her to teach them Nen. Um, this is very much like that part in the office of like quoting Martin Luther King and then putting your own self as the the quote. Um, she gives Benolt a task. Evade the boys for two weeks, and if he fails, it, aka is knocked out or cannot com- uh, complete this, he will be killed. He also cannot leave the crater they are in. Same rules apply for the boys, kind of. If they can't knock him out or are incapable or incapacitate him within two weeks, they will be punished. Benolt turns out to be a brutal murderer and bounty hunter. Yeah, I'm surprised she didn't say that that the boys would be killed if they failed as well. I mean, you gotta no, make it I'm fair, not right? surprised. Like, I think it's mostly just like if if you don't do this, then you're not really worth teaching. Fair enough. I don't know. Maybe maybe she just yeah, whatever. Yeah. So uh, Benolt is pretty injured, and the boys come in for an attack. He defends himself with his scissors, and the boys can't find an opening. Benolt is pretty relieved at first because he can fend them off uh, for a week to heal. So when he do- when they go into attack kula goes in and he almost gets like he gets a cut under his eye and he's like oh if benolt wasn't injured i'd have lost my eye uh gon uses the good old use a rock use a rock bat as a shield so basically he has a boulder and just like runs at him with the boulder which is pretty sick uh fighting under the pressure of death is helping gon and kula grow a lot faster a lot faster bisky akins them to gems gon is a diamond and kula is a sapphire uh okay does anyone know what the relative worth of a sapphire is because i actually have no clue whatever it is the person that gets it i suppose but just like how much are sapphires worth compared to diamonds i i know sapphires are incredibly hard but not as hard as diamonds not as hard as diamonds their their value is definitely not as high yeah interesting so the crater is turned into a sea of rocks due to the boys' constant upheaval of the landscape. They use it as leverage to get the jump on Binolt. Kilua has Binolt when uh, Kilua has Binolt when Gon yells at him to stop. Gon wants to keep training to be able to beat Binolt individually instead of as a group, and him gravely injured. Okay, so real talk. This is some sociopath shit. Um, I mean, I know he's obviously a criminal, but like now they're effectively just torturing him. I mean, they're doing the Goku technique. No, Goku wouldn't do this. Goku straight up gives people senzu beans. I don't know, man. This is the Sakyo technique where he did, like, weird surgery on, like, you know, pl- in, on pets in the pet store he worked in as a teenager. Uh, that makes sense. Um, We can talk more about this later. I just... I think you're supposed to feel weirdly uncomfortable about this scene, but I, I will present that later. Anyways, um, Benolt's back. Sorry, it kind of reminds me of a of, of a Fist of the North Star villain almost. 
Yeah, this is very Fist of the North Star. That's actually a good point. Um, but Ken would have just killed the guy. Like, in in some ways more merciful, but in other ways not. <laughs> uh, Binolt's backstory is hella sad. As a poor boy, he tried to do the right thing and return a wallet. Instead, he was savagely beaten by some snobby white folk. He grabs the scissors for revenge and begins his path as a murderer. He resigns to death and asks Gohan to unalive him already. All right, that's an interesting way of putting it. Um, Gohan is confused and thanks Binolt for helping them grow as fighters. So precious, so good. Binolt states he will turn himself into the authorities and walks away. Okay, yeah, this is... <laughs> What did you guys think of this? Like, just like, not only in the moment, but like, looking back on it, what do you think of this? Because this is real fucking weird to me. Yeah, I think trying to, like, I rewatched this episode again, I'm like, still don't fully understand the lesson. Like, it's kind of like, oh, maybe, I guess maybe the lesson is like, or what Tagashi was trying to do is like, um, maybe showing his true weakness makes him realize that, you know, he needs to turn his life around. And Gon and Kila were the, essentially Gon showing him not really mercy, but just a different outlet of why he got beat up, made him change his ways. I don't know. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I feel it's supposed to, like, make you think, like, oh, yeah, this is because of the purity of Gon and Kila. But then, like, later, it's just like, no, this is because of the sociopathy of Gon and Kula. Like, I mean, it's, they're, like, especially, it's pure in the sense because they had a goal, they needed to get stronger, but beating someone else up continuously, is that really a pure action in terms of, like, I think it's because they're- I, th I think it's, it's pure- but what what does purity mean, really? Exactly. It's like the way that, like, children are the most cruel people on Earth. It's like that. Yeah, yeah. So, because they're kids, it's pure. But is what is beating someone up, is that pure? I don't know. I don't know. I, I also think it's interesting <laughs> that its effect on the dude is positive. Like, that is not debatable. It is positive. But the question is, like, how much does their intention matter to the positive result? You know? Right. I mean, I bet they didn't even care. They were like, let's just beat this fucker up <laughs> to get stronger. And then... Yeah, my my thing is that this guy seems like he had no no uh business being in the Green Island at all at all besides the fact he just wanted to murder people without Nen. Because he seemed very seemed like he just like he didn't use his book at all, didn't use any of the cards or want anything. He just wanted to kill people. So I'm guessing he's just yeah, let's just kill everybody. Unless yeah, do you maybe. think he's an NPC though? No, he's not an NPC. He's a real dude. Because, like, he's known outside. Okay, I gotcha. Cause I also, he can use Nen, which I don't think any of the NPCs can. I gotcha. Because yeah. they're made from Nen. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, so I was like, uh... I was like, kind. it was kind of interesting in a way. I do think it's interesting that he... I forget how clearly this is stated in the other versions, but in 2011, he, like, the last thing he says before getting defeated is, I just wanted to live a normal life. And, like... Or, like, be treated as a human being. And I think the idea is that Gon and Kula are treating him as a human being, but in many ways as the lowest sort of human being, as, like, in in a certain way, he's a plaything. In another way, he's a companion. But in another way, he's a slave. And, like, it's just, like, I don't I think, think that what Gon and Kula are doing right now is terribly morally reprehensible, but it does speak to what they could become. 
It's interesting, and it makes it makes you wonder. Do you think he he's worth any of that thing because he's a criminal and a killer? So maybe they're like, you know what? We don't need to worry about all those moral ethics, the mor- moral uh, gray areas. You're evil, so we'll just kill you or treat you like shit. Yeah, I I don't really have much deeper thoughts about this right now, but I would say that like when we get to a certain point of Chimera Ant, let's come back to this because I think it's an important thing to to look at retroactively. I got you. I did like I I was about to make a Jojo reference when you said he just wants to live a normal life. Yeah, no, I mean I thought it too, but that's a different character in this saga. But anyways, yeah, I was I was gonna say yeah, he, I was I was thinking nah, he doesn't really have much to do with Yoshikage anyways. Yeah, no, whoever the bomber is does. But anyways, uh, so um, Binolt states he will turn himself into the authorities. Uh, anyways, it's time to go to Masadora. Uh, Bisky has them run to a department store, but they immediately have to turn around and head back towards the rock. She unleashes digging tools and tells them to go back to Masadora, but in a straight line. They must dig, and if they need to sleep, they must hold a rope with a rock above their heads to train their alertness. Gon is very bad at this, and Kyuo is good at it because he literally did this all throughout his childhood. Does anyone know if this is actually possible? I have a feeling this is possible when napping. I don't think you can do this for a whole night. What do you mean? In what uh, way? Holding a rock like this? Um, I imagine if you leverage your body the right way, you probably could as long as you make sure your grip is tight and it doesn't loosen up. I, I guess, like, what I'm wondering about is the idea of, like, pseudo-sleep. Like, sleep where you still get, like, REM cycles, but, like, are awake enough to detect someone doing something. And I know that people sleep lightly who are, like, on the run. But, like, can people actually, like, activate hemispheric sleep the way, like, sharks do? Well, the thing is, is that if you think about it, uh, what is the definition of sleep? Is it just reaching that REM cycle? Because you can get rest with your eyes closed, but not sleep. Well, or- yeah, but they're doing this for days on end. We should have brought a sleep scientist onto this episode. Yeah, may- maybe next episode we'll get one on. But uh, the the thing is, is that like I don't know. It's like the definition of that because like there's times where I'll just rest my eyes, but I won't actually activate into an REM cycle. But I'll still rest per se. Yeah, no, there, there's still body. cognitive benefits even to light sleep, but they're doing this for days on end where you would think that, like, having to have REM cycles would be good. But yeah. Maybe. Uh, the thing is that I never really experimented with the with the fact of not going to sleep to reach REM and just on continual basis because I think that would probably fuck up my body incomprehensibly, so I'm not going to try that IRL. Yeah, but you know what we need to do? We need to set up a pulley over both of our beds and just record the results. Uh, let's use pillows though instead of rocks, you know. Well, yeah, but each less... day the pillow gets bigger. <laughs> That's fine until we get like giant sumo bean bags. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, we'll, we'll experiment <laughs> with that. But uh, it isn't an extra in- interesting question. But uh, I'm just gonna chalk it up to Nen bullshit and move on. It's not just Nen bullshit. It's in a lot of anime. Like uh, freaking Demon Hunter, did, uh, Demon Slayer did this too, where like it's just like, well, you got to do your breathing exercises while you're asleep too. It's just like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing. Um. So, anyways, while they are digging and counter a hard rock, they learn to use the shovel as an extension of their body with ten. This application is called shoe or enfold, making their digging much easier until they realize that they're absolutely exhausted. So, like, it makes individual rocks easier, but then it tires them out. Gotta do what you gotta do. Yep. So speaking of gotta do what you gotta do, you want to tell us a little about the manga? Sure, why not? Um, one of the things that I thought was interesting is when when Biscuit basically laid uh, Ben Benolt's Benolt out flat, 
he basically he basically uh just in the anime he just looked undamaged and just like he he took a boo-boo you know like you trip and fall on the ground and get little scrapes on your face uh in the anime he went teeth first into the ground and blood shot like maybe about three or four feet in front of him and his teeth got all fucked up I, I think the actual image of him getting punched in the back by Bisky is accompanied with just a stream of vomit of blood in his mouth. That, yeah, that's pretty much that's what I was saying. That it, it, the vomit sprayed out like about a three three to four feet foot area, or like oh, and it's out. it's not just um it's not just a straight line. Like it's a cone of blood, and the cone has like a angle of attack of like fucking like one sixty degrees. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it it looks like a warhammer uh, uh warhammer firing uh line for flamers anyways don't play warhammer but anyways uh uh moving on though um kill really gives off this uh gives off the yusuke vibe again where it's like we're basically like if you insist on using the suffix you can call me bisk chan chama and uh kill kill was like grandma would be perfect too and she just launches him up to the next dimension <laughs> yeah she's she so chama is a combination of chan and sama so basically just a yeah. way of being like a cute little girl but saying that you're like worthy of tremendous respect uh-huh. that works and then um and then for some reason Tagashi drew naruto for reasons i don't know why he did that but there's a picture of naruto maybe we should should probably put that on the page but uh, oh I, I did it's uh okay. also he his uh konoha leaf thing is replaced with a heart interesting i'm guessing maybe it's like hey you know it'd be good for exposure for this new naruto series I think they're so I think friends because, like, um, Kishimoto is, like, a big fan of his and I think went to him for consultation when he first was making Naruto. That makes sense. And he was like, hey, let me do this cool thing for my friend. So, But that yeah. was really nice nice of him to do that. Uh, I'm guessing Naruto was pretty new at the time when this was, when this was airing. Um, I think the – so when the manga came out, this was 2002. So that was one year before the anime, I think, because the anime started in 2003, I think. Well, I don't I remember, but so. relatively – it would have been newer before the anime started. I remember it started coming to America in about 2005, though, I think. I think that's correct, yeah. I remember, like, all the kids in my middle school were obsessed with it, and I was like, I don't want to watch that show. It looks like garbage. And I was right. I'm glad I was right. The highlights of Naruto are good, just the overall. There's so many bad episodes. I'm just imagining complete garbage. No. I'm, I'm, I want to watch Naruto Kai eventually. I need to get on that, but I got to finish like 25 things first. So yeah, I'm going to do that. I'll let you guys know when I watch Naruto Kai, and I will say I'm a dumbass if it's really good and I love it. But Again, there's some really we'll good scenes, like anything with Guy and Rock Lee, some things with Sasuke, like very rarely – uh is sakura yeah. decent no sakura has uh, one really cool fight and then they never use her well again uh fair enough uh yeah because right. um the overall effect of naruto is very sexist even if they show you these cool female characters who start out really well and then they're just like yeah now they suck just inexplicably yeah i don't know um, manga really has a tendency to do that don't they tales all yeah. the time Yep. Yeah, it's almost like Japan's like a highly sexist society. Nah, that can't be possible. That's impossible. Yeah. Improbable. Improbable. But uh, anyways, uh, did you want to go over the 1999 notes, Joe? Yeah, there's not a ton here, but 
The uh, Benolt training sequence here is uh, done as the finale of OVA 2, uh, which is Greed Island Part 1. And, like, it just, the credits are playing over them being the shit out of Benolt. Um, and then 79 is the first episode of the final OVA, a.k.a. OVA 3, a.k.a. Greed Island Final. And it is a noticeable visual downgrade. Um, so I am on record now saying that I prefer 99 over, 2000, over 2011 for York New and Greed Island. Um, I don't think that will continue into Greed Island Final, which looks terrible. Um, it looks like it was made in like 2003 Flash. Like now saying something made in Flash is not really an insult because like good things are made in Flash. This is from 2003 Flash. It looks bad. Um, yeah. So they go through and basically skip a deserted village that's not in the manga here for some reason on the way to Masadora. And then there's a uh, Dragon Quest-style priest um, who just shows up in Masadora, which is kind of cute, you know, just more acknowledging, like, hey, Dragon Quest is really big here. And uh, when they go to the department store, uh, Santa is there and gives them the directions. That's the only <laughs> I mean, differences. For, for some reason, I was imagining that, that Santa from the, the manga... I forget what anime it was, but it's like the Santa. Was, it's like that quote saying, "Sounds like they don't." It's because your parents don't love you, or something like that. Oh yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember what that was. I can't remember what it is either. But I just remember being like, "Holy fuck, this is too real." Too real, but uh, but yeah, no. I part of me kind of wants to watch it, but part of me thinks maybe that's not the best idea. Uh, watch what? Like the anime yes. that that's from. Well, I mean, I want to watch the anime from that's from. I'm getting, I'm hinting that maybe be Gintama related, but I don't know. Oh, is that Gintama? I don't know. I'm just guessing. Everything that's gag related, that's that's manga, that's anime, is either Gintama or Bobo Bobo Bo or something. Oh God, Bobo Bo. Or Shin Chan, of course. But it yes. didn't look Shin Chan esque. Yeah, but um, that's that for that. I guess. Like, what did you guys think of this set of episodes? I liked them. It was pretty fun. Um, more insight into how the game works, especially with the cards and the rules for that. It is, it's just like, man, how easily you can lose in game cards uh, is very interesting. Uh, It's because it's, I guess, with um, Gone and Kilua, because they are, uh, right now, they seem like very risk realistic in terms of like how powerful they are, but what that actually means in relation to everyone else. Like they aren't these like two super powered main characters. They're like realistically going to win some, lose a lot, (laughs) which is good. Um, And it's also like, I love a little, I love Visky. She's, uh, she's pretty cool. I'm interested to see what else she has in store. So I like this episode's. Fair enough. All right. Oh, a side note. uh, I found the anime that that Santa's from. It's called Hayate the Combat Butler. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah. I've never seen or know much about it, but interesting. Um, um, I I was going to say, y'all should check out the Instagram because I included screenshots of, you know, the part where they beat all those different monsters or fight all those different monsters. I, the 99 versions of them are so funny. Like, I think they're very cute. And it reminds me of an Adventure Time episode. Um, you know, actually, I forgot to mention that, but in the anime, there, there is actually like the screenshots of them. I can't remember if it was the them fighting the monsters, but it looked like like Shin Chan looking animations. I don't know if you guys saw those in the anime at all. 
Uh, check out really the link cheap. that I just put into the the notes, like near the theme section. Or let me make it, a link actually. It might it might be it might be that one, but well, yeah, they looked very yeah. Shinchan esque in the end. Like they're like doing this animation of them fighting the creatures with biscuit biscuit commenting over it. And it almost looked like Shinchan esque. Oh yeah, yeah. Well one of these looks like LSP. Uh from what, uh that? Adventure Time, Lumpy Space Princess. Oh, let me see. What the fuck? I can just imagine her being like, my beans. I need to rewatch <laughs> that series again. Oh yeah, a, yeah. That's that. That's the animation I was looking of it that I was talking about. It looked very. Well, this is ninety nine. Oh, they did the same thing in uh, two thousand in two thousand eleven as well. Oh okay. Well, check out the second shot from the ninety nine one because it's really cute. It's basically like a little Pikachu like character. That's actually pretty cute. Too bad they killed it. Yeah, is, that's that was supposed to be the, that's the armor guy, right? Yeah, that's the armor guy. L- look at the third one though, because it's just going being like, "What do I do with this?" The flying I mean, eyeball thing. Yeah, no, I see it. That's too, that's cute. But it yeah, uh, yeah. Overall, my thoughts on the on it is that I thought it was really great. I love the, I love the the story. I love Biscuit a lot. I, I think she's probably one of my favorite characters in the show. It just she's just a really fun character. I think I really love the trading thing that has given me give me nostalgia for Yu Hakusho, even though I only watched it what two or three years ago. At this point, yeah, I I think I've mentioned this before, but I feel that she's not exactly Genkai. I feel she's what if Genkai and Togoro had had a kid. Yeah, I guess that's an the accurate description, in a way. But I I think even then it's it's more. It's more Genkai until later on the in the yeah, show, at yeah. least in my opinion, for sure. Or at least the um, reverse. Uh, I'll, I'll now. I won't say it. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, no. So I I enjoyed this section. Um, I think some of the things that were in the manga, I wish they had preserved, like the um the scene of like basically Kilo running through all the different tricks to fuck up people's ability to get his cards. But like, I do think that some of the things they took out were good like the fucking pages upon pages of card explanations it's just like that's cool but that feels like that should be supplementary material not in the fucking story itself yeah like like in those bumpers like an attack on titan yeah they also had a, a cool scene in the manga where basically they were quizzing the people in the alliance about like oh can you tell me which cards do this and then puhat who's been studying it is like oh i memorized it so here's the cards that can do this and they're like oh that's pretty good on your part can you tell us which ones can be cured with this and then he's like oh fuck and like it's it is cool that they show like people have to have not only a knowledge of the cards but also of like their counters and stuff because that's like very important for real card games but at the same, like, so I wish that had been preserved, but most of the other Alliance stuff, I don't give a shit about. Yeah, to be honest, I don't really care much about the Alliance too much. I I kind of like what they did in the anime compared to the manga, which was a bit, actually, I, I completely forgot to bring that up. It, it is a, actually a ton of difference because in the, in the manga, they're, in the anime, they're actually in a cave talking with this group of people. And in the manga, it just seems like a, like a, a semi-circle and just talking and just discussing it. Yeah, they're in a semicircle in the forest because they had to find like a place in the deep forest to not be seen. Yeah, so I definitely they definitely made a big change in that part. So I forgot that. My bad. I mean, it really it's not the biggest deal. That one's more like just like it is to I me, feel Joe. They wanted to constrain the number of settings because I think in the manga they also go to a cave later. So they're just like, what if we just had this as one place? So we only have to animate it once. That works. Just like keep the background. So it's like okay, cool. Basically, I think that's exactly what happened. That makes sense. 
but yeah, I don't really have much else to say about this set of episodes. It more just sets up future events. Um, we're kind of in a, the middle of this saga, so we'll see where it goes. I'm surprised how fast we're breezing through Greed Island, though. I I honestly think Greed Island's not super substantive until later, so that's probably why. That makes yeah. sense, because I don't know, like, like, Greed Island felt really long to me watching it, but now it's like, oh, it's kind of feels a little bit shorter. Ooh, I think one thing that just occurred to me that I forgot to mention was when Shalnark is outlining how he knows that it's in the real world. When I was reading the manga, I was probably reading that at like 2 a.m. or something. And like, so I imagine it's this like mysterious, like in dark scene. And then in both animes, they're just like, nah, man, it's bright as fuck. And we're just talking. They're just hanging out. I mean, what are they worried about? If anybody questions them, they'll just like kill them. Yeah, but I imagine it is a very like attack on Titan. Like, what if the government is bad? you know scene you know just like it's supposed to be like the fire fireworks in your brain dot dot gif oh that makes sense yeah so the swirling conspiracy turned out not to be that interesting compared to how it was in the manga actually no truthfully in the manga reading it this time i'm like oh i think i just imposed that onto it because like this time it was also just said like hey guys i think we're in the real world not not an isekai then Pseudo isekai, I don't know, but yeah, pseudokai, a pseudokai, yeah, works. All right, I think that's it from me. Did you? Uh, I think. Uh, did Sarah? Did you give your your thoughts on this episode? Or yeah, I did. Okay. Oh, I think it was it was me. Um, I okay, like them. Um, I like the introduction of Bisky. Um, I think because. For me, like, obviously, kind of what we were kind of hinting at with, like, just talks like Sakura and, like, like you know, shonen anime not having a lot of strong female protagonists. Obviously, there's even, like, t- you know, stereotypes of, like, strong meaning having to be physically strong. But I, I will take what I can get. And I really like Visky's attitude, even though she was trying to, like, at first ruin a friendship between two kids but um i'm excited kind of weird I, for a 40 year old woman to do that but whatever 57 yeah. bro she's 57, 57. i always forget <laughs> but um overall i think it's gonna like I, it's fun i like training mentor stuff so and i for now greed island's kind of lighter feels a little more fun so i always like that after like heavy stuff like heavy arcs i always like a light arc to kind of bring balance so yeah nice nice Mm -hmm. but yeah unless anyone has further thoughts i can take us out i'm good on my end sounds good thank you so much for listening to the spirit hunters please hit us up with questions requests or just to chat at our facebook or twitter at spirit hunter pod heads up as you know we a while ago started a patreon but uh check us out at patreon.com slash spirit hunter pod Throw us some cash for hosting fees and equipment and join our patron-only Discord where we'll be discussing the shout of Hunter, you, and much more. Anyways, speaking of the Discord, if you want uh, if you want in but don't have the funds, you can help us another way and give us a written review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know, this is really helpful to us, gets us, like, surface to a ton of different people, and frankly, this is so important for, like, finding other people who would be interested in the show. And if you like the show and would like other people to have similar experiences please just uh, you know, give us a review and that will show up to them. But anyways, send us a link, your Discord username, and enough evidence to connect them both, and we've got you.
Uh, finally, heads up, today's outro music was made by Studio Mega Ane, as, as always. And uh, check them out on YouTube, Twitter, and most importantly, iTunes. I forget if I mentioned this previously, but our intro music is actually from the uh, Green Island OVA intro. Anyways, uh, see y'all on the other side. Later. Bye.